thy mercy and grace to help us in our time of need. And Father, we do need you all the time. We thank you. You recognize that because you have your son dwelling within us, his character and his presence by the Holy Spirit. So we thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do with us today. And we honor you and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Praise God. So we're just going to continue talking about meditation is worth the effort. Amen. It's worth the effort. And I think probably we'll start thinking about meditation as a more or less natural thing. Uh, It is natural for uh, human beings to consider things, uh, to think, to ponder. Uh, meditation really is is pondering with a purpose. I think there's a purpose to what we are do. You can set your mind to meditate certain ways uh, for your own betterment. Uh, sometimes you you know if you have a, a disturbing situation or a disturbing thought that comes to you and it's emotionally upsetting, uh, your 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 thought is to calm yourself down. Anytime people are upset, that's not normal. You know, I mean, some people live like that, but that's not normal. Amen. Uh, peace is normal, especially for believers, because we have been, we have the Prince of Peace living inside of us. And so peace is normal for believers. Uh, we shouldn't have to live from one uh, crazy, bizarre occurrence to another one. Uh, we don't have to live on the excitement of emotionalism because we have uh, something that we can feed on. We have uh, a real person living inside of us that we can have fellowship with, companionship with, and we're not alone with circumstances and our emotional reactions to them. We have a third party in there to intervene for us to keep us in a state of, of good health. People will tell you that if you are anxious continually, uh, if you are upset continually, there's a certain amount of damage that that does to your your physical well-being. And so that is not a normal state that we're called to live in. We're called to live in peace. Uh, Satan is the one who disturbs our peace. And if you understand that you're not subject to him, you don't have to listen to him, you have to obey him, then you can begin to employ tools that come to us from the word of God so that we can maintain our peace. In peace is where you find your contact with God. He wants us to be peaceful first, and then he will begin to speak to us. Amen? Now, if he has to tell you to slap yourself and calm down, he will. But pretty much he understands that at some point we'll grab onto his peace and come and settle in, and then begin to deal with him through meditating on the word, getting ourselves back together again. You know, some people say, well, I just quit thinking about that, because every time I did, I was upset. So there's something in us that desires peace anyway. You know, something in us that just wants to be not up on the ceiling all the time, because you can't get a clear thought. You can't make a plan. When your thoughts are scattered, see, meditation gathers your thoughts, sorts them out, and then from that sorting, you can decide what to discard and what to hold on to. Like if God says that you are healed, if if you get a pain in your body, then you can take that thought of that pain and sort that through and decide what you believe. 
See, only believers really can do that successfully. Now, in the world, you can do that some, but a carnal mind will always come up with another defeating thought. So even if you can calm yourself down by natural carnal thinking, at some point that's going to defeat you because that's not a permanent answer. You got me? To your situation. Part of what you do when when you get a thought that competes against the word of God or is contrary to the word of God, you will harness that and put it aside and not consider it, but you got to consider something else. See what I'm saying? What do you think about? Amen. So if you think about another happy thought, you know, people give you those uh positive affirmations. Huh? Or happy thoughts. Well, they run out of them because they got to hire people to conjure up happy thoughts just so they can keep something on the, the website to keep you entertained. Just a happy thought. But see, when you put the word of God in, it's a difference. Because that word has power to do what it speaks to you. So if you see that word peace, if you let that word penetrate, peace will come over you. Amen. If you see that word that says you are healed, eventually you look at that often enough, even in the midst of difficulty, pain, symptoms, whatever it is, and you stay focused on that, you not consider your symptoms, eventually you will pick up, I am healed, and it won't get chased out of you every time you have a symptom. But you're going to have to fight to hold on to it. Which is not new to people because we fight over all kind of crazy stuff. Huh? You know, we'll we'll argue with somebody just to win an argument. I told him. I got him told, girl. I got him picked up my mind. Huh? Of course. So it's not unique and unusual to do (laughs) mental, spiritual warfare as well. You know, we have the capacity to make decisions. We have the capacity to rule out certain thoughts and not embrace them if we decide we don't want to. You imagine the people that believe all kinds of false stuff just because they want to believe it? See, but what you believe is a decision. It's not based on totally right or wrong. Now, if you if you allow the Holy Spirit to help you, he will bear witness with what's true. He will always give you witness, an uh, inner witness, when your ears hear truth, if you go inside to listen to him. But if you decide to just X that out and listen to something else, he'll let you believe what you want to believe. Now, he'll always be there to warn you, to help you, to guide you. But you keep telling him no, and he'll let you hang on to crazy nonsense to believe in. Just because somebody tells you you're supposed to believe in it. Amen? And so in in this world, we as believers are involved in a great warfare, whether we know it or not. Is to hold on to God's word and hold on to faith in his word. Or are we going to abandon the word and pick up something that really is not true because it does not line up with God's word, 
God's values, God's anything. And once we start compromising and going on along with things that God does not value and he does not honor, it's not long before, you know, there's very few people holding on to truth. That's why we're always praying for revival, because the church will abandon what is true for what's convenient or what's expedient or what seems to bring in what we're looking for. We're always veering off from from what's absolutely true and then we'll go down a a shady road you know (laughs) you know when you hold on to what's true you're going to take some heat for it huh if you want to stay in the shade you might have to add some things to it that are not true huh and so when we think about it there's there's a great i guess you can say uh anti-word component loose in the word in the world there are, there are forces of darkness that don't want us to totally believe god's word don't want us to act on it don't want us to receive it and so you're going to have to work a little bit to keep yourself insulated from forces that would rob you of the word because you need the word you don't go a day without needing the word I don't care if you're not really looking for a job promotion right now or looking for something for little old me. You just need the word to stay peaceful, to be able to discern what's right and what's wrong, to keep your yourself full of faith so that the things you are believing for will happen in your life. Amen? And happen the way God wants them to. So this business about meditation is very important. It's important that we keep our minds stayed on the things that will benefit us keep our minds filled with what god says and don't let that word depart from our eyes and keep it in the midst of our hearts so that we can have life and health available to us at all times you want to stay in the realm of life and health you don't want to get over there in the gray area of sickness or or discouragement or defeat You want to stay in that realm where God can help you and where he abides. So yesterday we were talking some about uh, this Syrophoenician woman. We found her in Matthew chapter 15. I think that's the one. Now, I want to tell you something that I think plagues a lot of believers because it plagues me. (laughs) I'm just an average ordinary believer. I'm trying to do what you're trying to do too, you know, so forth and so on. But when sometimes when I think about meditation and think about the process of of conversion, that's what we're about here. You're when you meditate the word of God, you are are your goal in doing it. And don't ever forget you have a goal here. You're not just home like you know them people do. We we're not those people. Your meditation is is the goal is that your soul would be converted to the mind of christ you want to adopt his mind and dwell there so meditation allows you to participate in his thinking and and you want to be converted so that you don't go back to thinking stupid again amen conversion means that you have been fully persuaded that what god is telling you is true You embrace it, you're going to walk in it, you're going to adopt it, 
you're gonna it's gonna become a part of you it's gonna get engrafted amen the bible says it's the engrafting of god's word that's able to save your soul in other words that's able to keep you from going tilt when somebody comes up to you and tells you that abortion is okay it's okay to be pro uh pro-choice when you hear something like that because it sounds harmless this is what people want you to think this is the manipulation of the enemy and the indoctrination of the enemy see when you indoctrinate people see we're not being indoctrinated don't ever get confused don't confuse god's methods with the world's methods indoctrination means that you are given what to think and what to believe and a penalty if you don't do it this is what the communists do that's why people are correcting each other black lives matter and you say all lives matter black lives matter you know it's the devil just a war and see the enemy likes to keep us in strife until you say what's acceptable to him and then he'll leave you alone. See, that's indoctrination. This is not what God does to us. He persuades us because we're friends of his. So we're involved in a friendly persuasion. He wants you persuaded, but he's not forcing you. And I'm not either. You understand what I'm saying? Servants of God are not going to force you to believe. And see what people say is, she wants you to believe like she believes. No, you read your Bible for yourself. I'm here representing God. I don't represent me. Now I follow him, but you don't, you don't have, you're not doing me no favors. You understand what I'm saying? Not at all. I'm here for you, darling. You understand what I'm saying? Now, if you want to be argumentative about things, you can stay that way. But my advice is to get over on the Lord's side as soon as possible and be thankful that God is willing to show you his way and to work with you and be patient with you until you embrace it and adopt it and then live good. See, this is for good living. This isn't for, it's for peaceful living. But you know, sometimes we have to preach it because there's so much other stuff out there that people listen to. That's just crazy. Totally crazy. People don't even know what's going on really in the world. They just look at what somebody tells them they're supposed to say. And until they quit harassing me. Then I'm gonna, I'm just gonna say what they want me to say, and eventually you do believe it. See? Because they've already got an entry into your thought life, and you begin to meditate on that. And if you, you're fearful, and you feel threatened if you don't go along with what people say you're supposed to think like, then you're in big trouble. And see, the Word of God gets to be secondary, third, fourth, it gets bumped way down, on the bottom of the line until we get in a crisis for something but god doesn't want us to live as crisis people he wants us to live by every word proceed out of his mouth we're supposed to be people of peace and faithful and happy to serve god all of the above 
And so really, when you think about it, God wants us to live free of guilt, fear, condemnation. The only way you can do that is you got to embrace his word and live for him and live for his word. And let crazy people be, listen, there have been crazy people loose in the world ever since I've been living. That's a lot of years. And there's still going to always be crazy people. But we are the people of God. Amen. So the more you can fill your mind with his word, he will persuade you of the truth. This is all you're doing. When you meditate on the word, you confess the word. We confess the word because your own voice is going to be more convincing to you than any other voice you'll ever hear. So you adopt God's word and then you begin to speak to yourself in your own voice. That's why so many people believe the devil. Because he comes to you sounding like you. He does. He comes to you in your own voice and you think, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Let me, <laughs> let me listen to myself a little bit more. I like that. See? And he'll say, speak in a way that is, uh, convincing you know manipulative hath god said he'll really challenge you and say god didn't say that he'll get you to question whether god said it, and then you shoot your own self amen and so so this is this is the thing when god persuades us he persuades us in our voice through his mind got me through the mind of christ he begins to speak to us in our own voice so that when we see symptoms in our body we have a choice as to whether we accept that as the fact and then 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 meditate on that make it bigger than what it is you know you get a pain somewhere all you feel is a pain it's up to you how you process it huh I remember, uh, you know, some people just have a very strong pain tolerance. They Sometimes their minds don't compute. I remember uh, my uh, family friend, some of you all met her when we went down to Dayton, my uh, friend Maddie that lived in Dayton. She was our baby, so used to set Aunt Dewey's up to get whoopings all the time. <laughs> but that's a different story. But anyway, uh, her first grandbaby uh, came up. Her mom brought her up and came up to visit me uh, when I was still in Cleveland. And uh, I just had, you know how people, if you don't have children around, you keep a lot of little crazy stuff around like tchotchkes and nonsense. And uh, at that time, it was ashtrays on the table and it was a long time ago. And so the little baby kept going around and touching stuff and touching stuff, and her mother would hit her hand. She didn't even flinch. I said, uh-oh. <laughs> I've seen this before. You know what I'm saying? And and so there are some people, you know, uh, uh, in, in people who are behaviorists will call that a stoic personality. You know, it's you just, huh? Now, Native Americans have a lot of that. Yeah, that, you know, that runs. <laughs> I hit you with blow darts, you hit me, you know, <laughs> tomahawk, <laughs> you know, and it's, they get grazed and they keep moving, you know, it's like, whoa, wait a minute, where'd that come? 
you know, and, and uh, yeah, they can endure a lot of pain and all that kind of stuff sometimes. I had an aunt that was like that. You know, she's she could sit like for hours and not say anything. I said, <laughs> huh? It just it's just their blood. You know what I'm saying? It's an inherited thing. And so they were people of great meditation too. They didn't have a God like we have available to us. And so by being still meditating, they could get in touch with. Amen. It's purpose to everything. But anyway, some people are like that where pain and discomfort are concerned. They're just stoic. They can handle a lot without flinching. Then there are some people who, you know, oh, really? I don't have much with my bank account, you know, and the money's there. And they're just all falling apart over everything. But whether whatever end of the extremes you're on, or if you're in the middle somewhere, you're still going to have to process what it is that you receive from the outside environment. And how you process it is a choice. You can choose whether you want to follow up on this pain and say, I wonder what that is. You know, that's what many people are. But you've had people in my mother's generation they didn't drop everything and run to the hospital every time something happened. Number one, you couldn't afford it. And number two, they tell you, just bite on that bullet and I'm going to pour some alcohol on there. We have it over in a little bit. Amen. And so what has happened, though, in, in recent generations, people have developed an intolerance for discomfort. And that's something that they've learned from being given attention when they don't like things that are going on. And so they have a lot of, of uh, uh, I guess, support for these situations of discomfort. That's why it's sometimes really challenging to get believers to just really dig in and believe God's word when he tells you he's going to do something for you. Because many times we can run out in the natural and get it done real quick. So the challenge for us is even greater to stand on God's word and see God can do it quick or he can do it slow according to your faith. If you think God's slow on everything, then you're going to have to live with slow results. But if you believe God can move fast and his word runs very swiftly on the earth and he will will do these things in record time, then that will be your portion as well. So we don't want God to live under man's rules and, um, and restriction and condemnation. You want him to come according to what your heart is telling you you need. You need this done now. God is a now God for you. Amen. He's not always slow. And see, when we talk about meditation being key to something, we put it on a slow track just in your your brain thinking about what kind of result that's going to bring and how fast it's going to bring it. But when the meditation process is very quick, it's a very quick process. Look at what happened to this lady, uh, the Syrophoenician woman. For all of you who think meditation, that's going to be slow now. Wait a minute now. I just can't be sitting up here thinking of my thoughts. I need my stuff took care of ASAP. 
Uh, well, God is your ASAP. So it says here, now think about it. This may, this woman's having a conversation with Jesus. It's not just a bunch of little scriptures sitting here. In her conversation, she first goes to him and impersonates a daughter of Abraham. And he can look at her and tell she don't fit the bill, but she thought she'd try it anyway. You know, sometimes you could just repeat religious phrases because, you know, sometimes if you're like even a new believer or not just a new believer, sometimes believers who've been around for a while keep those old phrases. Huh? I decree and declare. Well, decree that over your life. You don't have no authority to decree for God's kingdom. Come on now. You know, it's just buzz words and little religious cliches and phrases. That's what she's doing here. She uses a religious cliche and she gets shot down because Jesus pays no attention to her. That's not even her word to be using. Amen. Don't even sound right. It's like sometimes you're around sinners and they get intimidated around you and they'll say something, uh, you know, religious kind of sounding like a little phrase they heard. Jesus wept. Really? That's what you got to say? Huh? And, and so that's what she's doing here. That's why he paid her no attention. He let her know that did not work, sister. Huh? And, and so then he says he answered her not a word. Verse 23 is disciples come and pipe in. They don't know what's going on either. They're just as religious as she is. Except they didn't been to the temple all their lives. Then he told her, he says, I'm only sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So he corrects her. He says, I know you're not one of us. That in itself would, would offend most people. That's like if somebody came in here and, and wanted prayer and I say, Do, are you a member here? Of course, y'all would know I'm a fraud because we don't have no members. <laughs> I tell people, I say, you know where you're supposed to be. If God told you to come here, come. That'll keep both of us out of trouble. That'll keep me from lying and promising you something special. And that'll keep you from lying and promising we you're going to be faithful. Anywho. So she goes, it's the truth. See, y'all didn't even know that. Y'all thought y'all was members, didn't you? Your comers, your attendees. I don't know what to call y'all. I know one thing, if y'all don't straighten up, I'm going across the street. And I will be the pastor of the YMCA. Woo. <laughs> it's bad mothering, isn't it? <laughs> well, anyway, whatever. <laughs> Mothers always threaten to leave their children, so whatever. Once you get too secure around here, but but no, I'm I'm messing with you, you know that. It, but she says, he says, but it's not right. He said, I'm only sent to the lost sheep of the house. Okay, shot me down. She meditates. See? She meditates. In the process of being turned down, she meditates. How many of us do that? How many of us feel turned down and then get offended and quit? See, it's normal when you're put in your place. Like he says, 
I can't pray for you. You're not a member here. Now, most pastors aren't that stupid, but they treat people who are on the roll different than they treat. Y'all know they do. The doors of the church is open. You know y'all better adjourn. And then the people run down the aisle, you never see them again. Why? Because they feel like, well, I better get in this club because if I don't get in the club where everybody else is, they may not treat me right. See, y'all don't know nothing about that because we don't play them shenanigans around here. Anybody who comes in here gets the same treatment as somebody who's here all the time. Amen. So he tells her, you're not part of the club. Then she started, well, I'll do what the club people do. I'll go worship him. Is this okay, Jesus? You like this? Don't laugh. We do the same thing. Oh, what, do I, what scripture do I use? Oh, I know. By his stripes I'm healed. And it don't go away. I believe I received my healing when I prayed. And it away. I'm healed anyway. And it don't go away. And then we quit. Go take a pill. (laughs) Just thinking out loud. Huh? Well, sure. That's where the human mind. But see, this lady thought up. I'll act like I belong. He's for the children. This is what the children do. Consider me a children. Because I'm going to worship you. But in the meantime, he's giving her keys to what's going to help her to get the healing for her daughter. He tells her it's not right for me to take what belongs to the children, what they eat, and give it to dogs. That's like you sitting your your pet up to the breakfast table. Don't get me started on people and their pets, okay? <laughs> I was looking at some show. I think it was a real estate lady or something. I was telling somebody about this recently. And she's there. She's getting ready to go to the office. You know, millionaire real estate people. And she's whipping up some scrambled eggs. And her husband's sitting at the table. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, well, they get ready to eat breakfast and go out. That's the dog's food. She bends over and puts it into the dog's bowl down there. And the husband's just sitting there looking. I guess he's looking right now. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) But people do get fed first, folks, with normal people. I don't know. Maybe it's special diet. You know, these little little teeny, uh, what are the little dogs? The little white ones, real little, little teeny white dogs. It's not that Bichon thing that's a little big for, but you know what I'm talking about. Them kind of little. And she puts them in a basket and takes them out with her and all this kind of stuff, you know, that kind of stuff. So, <laughs> well, if you're a millionaire, what kind of dog do you have? You need a little frou-frou dog, right? 
And so anyway, but but see what Jesus is saying, it's not right to take. In other words, it's so unthinkable that we would put the dogs at the table and the children not go get fed. See, the dogs get the crumbs if there's anything left after the children have dined. And so she thinks about this for a split second. And then she tells him, you know what? Even dogs can eat the crumbs from the children's table. Amen. In other words, you're not even deliberately feeding that pet, but he's always down there. When you go eat, they eat. Because they're always on the floor right where you are sniffing around looking for something. So, so your dog really can get healed off the, the crumbs, your little leftovers. Now, see, I believe that. God shared that with me because I was asking him about my dog. She needs to be healed. You know what I'm saying? And so I was looking at that. that. He said, do you know when you give her leftovers, just believe that there's healing power in them crumbs? He said, and I'll heal her. You understand what I'm saying? They're included with you. They're in your house. They're included in the covenant of health with you. So this lady is computing and med- we remember we said to meditate means to calculate. She didn't run home and start repeating scriptures to herself to get her daughter healed. She had Jesus right there and she made up her mind. If I don't get it, I'm not letting him go nowhere. She was determined to get it then. And that's how we have to be about the things of God. We must be to be determined to get it then. To put it off really means we're putting too much effort into it. When we can just start allowing ourselves to fight this mental battle on the inside, when a thought comes up to you that's contrary to God's word, what do you do with it? Do you consider it and let it stay there? Or do you challenge it and shoot it down like she did Jesus? Huh? She said, listen, I got nothing to lose. I got my sunglasses and my do-rag in my purse. <laughs> you know, I'm ready to duke it out when anybody tell me my little girl can't get healed. You heal all them hypocritical Pharisees and all them crazy people up there in that synagogue. I know I can get something. Because they're no better than I am. You got me? And so you have to have that attitude about you. That if God has put faith in your heart for something, he means to fulfill what it is that you desire. And the way he does it is you've got to be fully persuaded that what he's promised you, he's able to perform. Healing is a fact. It's more than a promise. You were healed already. So now with healing, we're in a position where we have received it by the new birth. But now the enemy is attacking us with symptoms to get us to doubt that we are healed. And if you stand on the fact that you are healed and make everything else contrary to it dissipate from your thinking, don't even entertain that stuff. Then pretty soon the symptoms, they, they may disappear gradually. They may disappear all at one time, but they got to go. 
That's what you have to make up your mind. Anything that's not like God's word has got to go. So this was the result. She got her daughter's healing as a result of immediate meditation and immediate uh, consideration. She considered everything that the Lord told her was an obstacle. And she was intending to move every obstacle out of the way. And that's what you got to be determined when it comes to your health, your finances, relationships, your future, career. I don't care what it is that you have that you need, that you're expecting God to fulfill for you. And that should be everything. Don't ever leave anything on the side like, well, I don't have to bother God with this. I don't need to, you know, you understand what I'm saying. You you must include him because his faith, your faith in him will take care of every need that you have. And don't put anything off on the side like you can handle this or God's not interested, that's not important and all this kind of stuff. Always put everything before him. He has an answer and a good one. So this this, though, this answer she got happened to her in one conversation with the Lord. And she immediately got her daughter's release. Because she meditated, calculated, rebutted, and answered. So she did warfare in her own soul and got things cleared up out of her mind that she thought were hindrances to her daughter's healing. When she first showed up there, she probably was skeptical that Jesus would even listen to her because she was she was a Gentile. And he, she knew he came to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. That was known. But she had also seen unbelievers get healed too. So this is how she included herself in it. She said, all I got to do is get him to favor me so that I can get what I need. Amen. And it happened through a conversation of her refusing to take no for an answer. She accepted that this was hers and she wasn't going to. Something in her told her. That this belonged to her no matter what people called her, no matter what they thought about Gentiles, no matter what how they treated them in the past and all that kind of stuff. This is mine. And once you make up your mind, it's yours, then you hold on to that and just maintain that until it's it's totally fulfilled in your life. So she did this by meditating and pondering each denial that the Lord gave her. Amen. Imagine going up to him. And, and Jesus had other examples of this when he would talk. He talked about the woman, uh, that, that, uh, went in front of the unjust judge. So here she's in the same position. Cause she considers Jesus to be unjust. That's why she's willing to stand there and argue with him. Amen? Amen. See, women will do a lot to defend their children. It's just a part of being a mother. That, that, you know, I always say, I said, pretty much every woman will defend their children, but it takes a virtuous woman to fight for her man. Hey! I like that. <laughs> See, even Shetty liked that one. Write that down, somebody. That's a good Father's Day scripture, right, Poppy? That's right. I hear your wife fought your mama to get you, so... <laughs> That was back in the day. Just saying. It's a published testimony, so I ain't telling nothing out of school. 
So what's the strongest one, huh? See? Leave and cleave, you do it if you want to, but I got something for your mama. In case you don't want to go. Just an aside, that was free. See, I'm not going to take up a special offering for that one. That was just free. Huh? But it is true. Virtuous women will do that. They take care of everybody. Oh, yeah. See, it's not wise to separate the love of your child from the love of your husband. You can't fragment people off like that. A virtuous woman will do both. Amen. Look at Abigail. Married to an idiot. That was even his name. But she stood up for him. She could have went the other way when she heard David and his men were coming to kill everybody. That that donkey that carried her to him could have gone opposite direction. Huh? Just a thought, y'all. Just a thought. But we're not going there today. Little Poppy back here grinning. He having a good time. <laughs> All right, I'm going there today. Amen. So, okay, so we, we see the re- results of immediate meditation can bring you your answer immediately. Amen. If your heart is set to receive it right away, it can bring it immediately. My feeling is that you need to believe for the now even if it takes time. You must believe that your answer is imminent. You've got to believe that it's coming quickly. Amen. Because that's the way God wants to answer. That business of it taking forever and it's going to take a long time. And, you know, I remember whatever, you know, that's, that's you throwing that in. See, that's doubt and unbelief throwing in something to discourage your heart. If it encourages your heart, then you believe that and you say that. And you begin to declare that right right in the midst of your own heal, hearing. Amen. Okay. So that that's the woman, uh, that woman. So <clears throat> I hear, I, I wrote this down. It says the persistent meditation uh, that I will not stop until he heals her is what we must do. So this is what the woman, Syrophoenician woman does. She had the persistent meditation. That I am not going to come back empty handed. I'm going to get it this time. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to stop. I'm going to get it. Even if you got to put it on pause and pick it up the next day. You've got to. And see meditation is really what makes it real to you. It begins to shape, take shape. It begins to get real. Now your carnal mind is going to kick it out. Every time it starts getting real your carnal mind. You can't have that. You ain't you ain't read the word long enough. You you know that little religious carnality that comes and decides you can't have it immediately like you want it. And see, we can't listen to that. That's not the counsel of God. You have to allow those things to just just consider not. Be like Abraham. You know? He didn't give it one little thought. Huh? But you have to consider something else in its place. Because if you don't if you don't replace that with a, a thought from God, then you're going to go keep going back to it's going to keep being an issue for you. 
See, you need to settle it once and for all. And what did Abraham do? The Bible says he considered, God told him, consider the stars in the sky and the sand of the sea. So whenever he would be tempted to think about the limitations of his hundred-year-old body, he'd just look up, hi, kids, and look down, hi, children. God always gives you a promise to meditate on instead of your own limitations, because we all got them. Nobody's without limitations. Amen? So you don't consider that. You know, sometimes you'll sit, your mind will get idle. You start thinking about your childhood. Get stop it. You just got here. You're a new creature. You're being revealed every day. Old things are passed away. Amen. All things have become new in Christ. Like God, give me a new thought. Give me a new understanding. Give me a new something to meditate on instead of considering my body, considering the pain, considering how long it's been, considering this, consider. Give me something else to consider. And God will give it to you. Amen. It'll be something scriptural that'll just snuff out that errant thought that keeps you in unbelief and keeps you doubting. Because the Bible says you can't, you can't afford to doubt you won't get anything from God. Don't think he feels sorry for you because you hold on to doubt. That's your choice. You can let it go just like you hold on to it. Amen? So my advice, just let it go. Amen? Let it go, let it go, let it go. Reminds me of a song. I know. See, if Nikki was here, she'd pipe right in. Huh? Do you want to build a snowman? Whatever that means. But anyway. See, my girl Nikki. So anyway, so the the uh, Syrophoenician woman, her immediate uh, blessing was was a result of her decision not to go home without it. She'd been living with a, a demon-possessed kid for a long time. She's done with it. So when you get an opportunity to trade your your woes, your cares, and your your shortcomings, deficiencies, symptoms, all that, you get an opportunity to trade that in for health, healing, and wholeness. Then go for it. I mean, give it give it all you've got. Don't slack up. Get yourself a routine that you can live with. And you can be comfortable with, uh, God, I start out by listening to a healing teaching every morning. I go to bed listening to healing teaching, and I thank you and praise you during the day. Amen. For what you're doing in my body now. Amen. And, and don't consider symptoms. They get worse, don't consider them. The enemy's just agitating to get you, draw you off, trying to get your attention. Amen. He uses stuff that usually works. But you can put a stop to it. Amen. In Matthew chapter 9, you see the woman with the issue of blood. She's, she's one who meditated her way. All of these people had their minds made up to make a change. And that's what we have. Just get your mind made up that you're going to make that change. And that changes in how you think, 
what you meditate on and what you speak. It says here, there was a certain ruler in verse 18, uh, came, uh, a certain ruler worshiped him saying, my daughter is, is even now dead. Now, really in one account, it says the man approached him when the daughter was still alive. And then in the process of Jesus dealing with this woman with the issue of blood, the daughter dies. Somebody comes and tells the man she's dead. So apparently this account takes up after he got that bad news. But, but it says here, it says, my daughter is, is dead and even now you can heal her. Now he got that, um, from Jesus ministering to him. So in the first account it says that, that, um, Jesus, he asked Jesus to heal, heal her. And then after Jesus had dealt with this woman with the issue, then Jesus turned to him when the people were telling him the girl was dead already. So really what we have here is somebody who has faith for God to move one way, and then somebody else comes up and has faith for him to move another way, and he takes care of them in the order of their desire to have it fulfilled. Always be the person that believes for now. Please. Don't be the one who believes it's going to take forever. Because the woman with the issue of blood had already done what this guy is getting ready to do, and that is meditate so he can hold on to his promise. Your meditation is really designed to help you to hold on to what God has told you is yours. Doubt comes to strip you of it. Doubt comes in your own voice to make you think, oh boy, here we go. You'll never get that. You know, oh boy, it's going to take so long. By the time you get it, girl, you be so old. I'm a witness. Old people like stuff too. Not as much as I used to. Right now, I'm liking body parts more. And that it's functioning body parts that don't creak. You know, it shifts a little bit. Let me get my book back out here, y'all. But you know what I'm saying. I'm here for the real deal. You know, what What good is a, a Mercedes if I, if I creak getting in it and creak getting out of it? And barely can see to drive it. Huh? <laughs> I remember, I, I, when I was, uh, much younger, I was, I was, uh, you, you know, everybody knows what Heinen Supermarket is. And there was always some old ladies with the longest Cadillac in the world. I'm telling, thinking to myself, I said, no, them dirty Cadillac dealers sold her a limo and she ain't got sense enough. Them things would stretch. And they just be banging in the stuff. Bang! Bang! And you know, you sitting, <laughs> the girlfriend sitting up there like, mm. so this lady, she rolls down her window and she says, I don't know what happened. You know, I buy these cars because they practically drive themselves. Practically is the operative word. 
I was like, girl, that used to be true, but right about now, <laughs> you need somebody to drive it for you. Huh? Practically drive themselves. Cool. So, okay, so, so we're here, the one with the issue, issue of blood. Now, this wasn't no emotional issue, folks. Don't get it twisted. When you get Christ, you don't have issues no more. You got Jesus. You got stripes. And if you still have it, it's because that's your choice. You want to hold on to old stuff. See, you get your mind renewed to who you really are. Old stuff really is passed away. You'll find stuff that you used to think was, which it was never going to change and you were never going to get no better and all this. That old person you were ain't going to get no better. They got to die. There's no getting better for your old self. There's death, and that's it. You reckon that person dead and wake up to your new life, new life in Christ. Amen? So this woman, now, it's a kind of interesting how she gets herself introduced to Jesus. She's not there to hear and meditate and get convinced. Like some people were, you know, like some people you see, they come up to Jesus there in a crowd and then they, they, they realize that he says you can be healed and they step into it. He teaches, he preaches and then he heals. So the teaching and the preaching are to change your thinking, change your meditation, get you convinced and converted to accept your healing. Amen. And so she's not like that. She did that already. See, she had to stay away. She had an issue of blood. She had, she was, she was ceremonially unclean. She couldn't even go to the priest really because she, uh, you know, you could make a sacrifice and receive your healing. But for some reason, not a lot of that is going on. For 2018 years, she's doing this. Something's wrong, either in her thinking or in the system or something. But it didn't happen for her the prescribed way. And so she needs to have a priest pronounce her clean again so she can resume a normal life. Now people might say, well, she was still living. She was, yeah, but she wasn't doing good because she keeps going to doctors. You don't go to doctors because you, you got good insurance. Unless something else is wrong with you. It ain't physical. It's mental. But there's something wrong. She's not living a full life. And she makes up her mind she wants that. So it says here, um, where was I? 20? Oh, here we are, 18. While he spoke these things unto them, behold, there came a certain ruler, worshipped him, saying, My daughter is now even dead, but come and lay hands on her. So we cleared that up. It, it, this happened, the death happened. After he had asked Jesus to come and Jesus told him he would. Jesus arose and followed him. So did his disciples. And behold, a woman, which was diseased with an issue of blood 12 years, came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. For she said within herself. See, she's thinking about it one day. She's musing over it. She's wondering. This is after the doctors then cut her loose. See, sometimes we get very serious when there's no alternative 
Because as long as you got a choice, you have a choice. Most of us, with most things, we have a choice. You can go the way of the word, or you can go the way of the natural realm. Sometimes we do a little bit of both. If you're too sick to function and a pill will take care of it, take the pill. You understand what I'm saying? Now, there are some people who don't do that, and God honors it, and they get healed. Remember Brother Stone? And he was gave his testimony. I said, you mean to tell me he never took them pills for a blood sugar that was over 500? I know he didn't. He took God at his word. And most of y'all was confronting him, telling him he should come to the meetings. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> you know God will mess your head up every single time you think you you got everything figured out. <laughs> Took nothing. Stood on the word. You know his song with his testimony. Keep on getting your healing. He said you have your good and your bad days. That's what we hate. We don't like the bad days. But that's okay. With God. As long as you're pursuing him. You understand what I'm saying? No harm, no foul. But the way it came to him was this is the path I take. And he took it. And God honored it. <laughs> the mercy of God. Ever merciful. Ever merciful. So anyway, she said within herself, if I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. But Jesus turned himself about. When he saw her, he said, Daughter, be of good comfort. Your faith has made you whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. And so this woman had premeditated a place, a time, everything for her healing. And I think we can do that. We can meditate a place, but make sure you come to that conclusion. You don't just jump up and grab it because she grabbed it. She didn't do that. It says right here, she had made up her mind and said within herself, I got one shot to get my healing, but it means I have to touch the hem of his garment. Amen. Now, where did that come from? You know, the, 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 High priest, well, what they did is a hem of the priest's garment was considered sacred. That was a symbol of your covenant. That was a symbol of your station. That was a symbol. And, and on the hem of the garment, there were alternating bells and pomegranates. The bells represented the gifts of God, and the pomegranate represented the fruit of God, fruit of the Spirit. And what that said was that a mature priest grows in the fruit as well as the gifts. Can't have one without the other. Remember, Gehazi wanted a gift without fruit. He's a good example of somebody who thought he could skim the. That's all your Facebook prophets and apostles. They want to skim the system, don't have no more character some woman sitting up there reaching up to the camera and got cleavage down to here. 
go put on a collar. I ain't going to look religious. Well, you look like a hoe right there, so I ain't going to listen to your, I ain't listen to your prayers. For those of you on the internet, you think somebody when they write mine is going to stop there and want you to pray for them? Let me see. Now, where was I? I was with the wish, woman with the issue of blood. If you're going to be for God, be for God, folks. Top of your head, soles of your feet, be for God. Amen. Her meditation told her, see, there were obstacles in her way. Her meditation told her, now most people go up and ask him for prayer, but I can't do that. He won't touch me. Because priests were not, prophets were not allowed to touch anything unclean. You understand what I'm saying? Or they were unclean. Difference being that in Jesus, you see a transition from the priesthood, the Levitical priesthood. In fact, he never operated under that. He more operated as a prophet and not a priest. And so he was under that anointing, but prophets didn't touch anything unclean either. Nazarites didn't touch anything unclean. They were separated unto God. And remain holy. They couldn't touch anything dead. They couldn't touch anything contaminated. If if you had fluids issuing from your body, you were considered to be contaminated and unclean. And that was medical knowledge that they had before we even understood anything about germs and stuff like that. You understand? So when God, remember when when uh, Gehazi ran after Naaman and took all that stuff? Unless God tells you to do it, that stuff's contaminated. It's been the possession of a leper. And so his leprosy came on him because you didn't run behind lepers and take anything they left behind. That was a highly contagious disease. But he wasn't protected. That's why Elijah asked him, he said, is it time to take a gift? Is it, is it, you know everything, tell me, is it time for us to take a gift? See, there are certain things that students don't know that the teacher knows. Amen. So anyway, she makes up her mind. She said, I can't ask him to do this. He's never going to touch me. Amen. She couldn't even connive her way into a priest at the temple to get, get him to do that. So she says within herself, she says, you know what? He can't touch me, but I can touch him. And I'm going to have to do it in a way that he doesn't know. I can't flag him down as I see him walking by because he'll know. I can't get in the crowd where people know me. So she had to trust God to set up the meeting for where her faith would contact the anointing. And then she'd receive her healing. God will arrange that appointment for all of us, for many things that we need. You know, people have gotten so spectator-oriented in the church now, many people go to meetings with the wrong expectation. Like they'll go to Benny Hinn because they want to try to get up on the stage and get on television. 
So you'll see them standing out there in the line very early in the morning. Huh? The people who are there by divine appointment, listen, I'm always suspicious of the tailgate crowd. They ain't got nothing better to do, and that is the big event of their whole life, but for the wrong reasons. They're there early to get a seat in the front so they can get in front of the camera. Or they want to sit on the floor so they can lay hands on people because Benny's going to tell us to turn to somebody and pray for them. So we got to get there early so we can. They're there for the theatrics. The people who are there for divine appointment barely get there. The plane is late. The car breaks down. The bus has tire trouble. And they're banging on the door trying to get in at the last minute. Amen. I remember one time, I just really loved the Lord. I remember we prayed in Detroit for, for those meetings to people, spirit-filled people to be able to have meetings in their major venues there. You know, when I moved there, people say things like, oh, Joyce Meyer said she ain't coming here no more. Brother Copeland, he ain't coming here no more. I said, why? They can't even get a crowd together when they come here. I don't see why not. They got a crowd on television. If they came here one time, it was because they expected people to show up. What's the problem? Lord told me, he said, the devil owns all them venues. He said, I want you to go and break his power off those buildings so my people can come in there and use them. And so after we did that, all of a sudden, everybody's coming. Everybody in the D getting, you know, I mean, seriously. It's just all, you know, having a good time. Well, we had a wonderful time up here. Praise God. Amen. The anointing destroys the yoke. Amen. And so we go from nobody being able to get in there to all of a sudden everybody can come. Benny Hinn came several times. We we were up there. And I remember there was a woman that was with our group. And we had, remember the people movers they had there? And I, Lord have mercy. That's been a long time ago. But them people movers wasn't moving us too fast. And, and then when it was... Down there at Cobo Hall, I mean, who would have stuck something like that in the middle of downtown? No parking, no, it's just terrible access, but we went anyway. And we didn't realize some of the people with us, their condition, I'm glad we didn't because God took care of it. But there was a woman, remember, she could barely breathe. She had some kind of condition. And I think, was she on oxygen? Or Yes, we made her walk. Didn't think twice about it. She went. And so she had to stop a couple of times, and I felt the power of God just swirling around her like, ooh, I said, you know what, sister, God is healing you right now. We hadn't even got to the meeting yet. See, God looks at your heart, and he looks at what your condition is. You gotta stay engaged in what God's doing, folks. You know, I know a lot of people would go get busloads of people to t- go, go there, but we did it cause God said do it, you know? Suppose I'd been somebody that got nervous when somebody gets short of breath 
on the way to a healing meeting. See, it's 911 all day long. But God told me to tell her, I'm healing her right now. You don't even have to get to the meeting. And when we got there, she walked around. She walked around that night. That God healed that lady totally because her faith said she was there to get her healing and God didn't let her get disappointed. In fact, he healed her before she got there. Amen. Somebody else was like that. There was another lady. We had healing school over. We were, we went up in Euclid. It was at that hotel over there with those crazy people. Ah, <laughs> oh, we've been kicked out of the best one, so, and the worst one, so that would, that was no loss right there. But this woman had contacted me on the telephone. She said, I need a ride over. And I couldn't think of anybody over where she was, her way. And I told her, I said, can you get like, a cab or something here or something or somebody nobody could bring her and i said if you get here god will heal you and so when when she walked in the door and she saw me and the power of god hit her and said zoom amen and it, it but see you have to declare what god tells you not what you think people you think is going to make them feel better they want to hear don't ever be cheap like that because god wants them well more than you do Amen. And we were laughing. I said, he healed you before you even got in the meeting. <laughs> Girl, come on in here. You know what I'm saying? And she got up and gave her testimony. Praise God. But see, you set the conditions for that. You make up your mind you're going to get it. You're not going to spend another day sick. You make up your mind this is over for this nonsense. But you got to make up your mind. You just can't say it because you want it over with. But it will come to you. In meditation, it'll come to you. And your understanding of the word, it'll come to you. And your devotion to God, it'll come to you and understanding he's a good God and you're already healed. And the devil is stealing it from you. You're not going to let the devil steal it anymore. And we ain't waiting no more. Amen. <laughs> You hear people say they're waiting on a manifestation. I'll say, you know what? You already got a manifestation if you believed you received it. Your faith is just as real as the thing is. Amen? God will give you peace and comfort if it takes a season for it to manifest. He will. He'll give you relief. You need to use your own mouth to get it. But if you have pain, you can rebuke that pain. And it must leave. You need to exercise your faith anyway. Instead of sitting up there like a bump on the log saying, I'm waiting on the manifestation, you're not. He's already manifested himself. Now the healer lives in you. Let him loose in there. Loose him and let him go. Healer, thou art loosed in my body. You're loosed in my mind. You're loosed in my heart. You're loosed in me to do your good pleasure. Amen. She didn't know why she had to touch him. She just decided this this would be it. This is it. Amen. Our prayer should be, Lord, help me to decide when it will happen. Help me to decide that. Or just cut the rest of this stuff loose. Usually we wait because we're making excuses for why it hasn't happened yet. So you got to watch your mind filling in. 
because you don't know. The Bible says that when the, the seed is the word of God and when it's planted, it begins to grow. We know not how. So you don't know how this stuff works. You just just be content to believe. Don't try to be Einstein. More like Frankenstein. We're creating little monsters, little religious monsters here. Genesis 24, if you'll go there. You know, Proverbs 4, 20 to 22 tells us that we, if we focus on the word, give it your full attention. Amen. Don't let it depart from your eyes. Keep in the midst of your heart. It will bring life and health to all of our flesh. Genesis 24, and all the virtuous women said, and happy Father's Day. Amen. (laughs) Amen. And don't go thinking of, watch your meditation when I say that. So (laughs) He done that now. Stop it. Stop, 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 stop it. It's a day of rejoicing. So Genesis 24:63 Isaac went out to meditate in the field. He stayed there, went out. It seems like he went in the morning, stayed out there all day long meditating. Ooh. Ouch. Ooh, Pastor Barb, you mean all day? I got to see see this is where you lose people. When you say something like that, you mean I got to think about nothing but God all day long? I have to, have to, have to. No, you get to do it so your life can be better. He went out to meditate in the field and at eventide. That means he must have been out there earlier than the evening. He just didn't run out there for a quick thought and run back in the house in eventide he lifted up his eyes and saw and behold the camels were coming Ooh, who's on the camels <gasps> bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh huh and rebecca lifted up her eyes and when she saw isaac she jumped off that camel For she said to the servant, "What, whatever man it is that walks in the field to meet us, and the servant says, that's my master. She said, the search is over. The boss is here. Hey! Yeah, all you got to do is submit to the master, and he'll put another master in your life. I know you women. Come on now. That's a little. Now he's not going to give you somebody you can run over and boss and push around. He could stay with his mother if that's as good as he going. No. Am I right, Poppy? Yes, right. I know that's right. Huh? There's Rebecca. She'd asked already. She said, Who is he? Huh? He's somebody whose mind has been on you all day long. Huh? Oh, yeah. His meditation brought her and said, 
Come here. That's what your meditation does to what you want, sis. Come here. Huh? Oh, y'all are unbelieving. I'm going across the street. I would go, but I ain't got but a few more minutes, so. But I was on my way. Sitting up here like I'm talking in a foreign language. Huh? Isaac meditated, and when he looked up, his promise was there. He said, I'm going to stay in this field and think about her all day long. Huh? Hello? And he didn't need to date around. Around what? Well, I'm, you know, I'm not sure. You ain't going to get sure complaining. You're going to get sure meditating on the word. Amen. Joshua 1.8 tells you your road to success is to meditate in the word day and night. You make your way prosperous. You'll have good success. There are no prosperity rules or keys. This is it. It's the word. Amen. Paul warns Timothy to meditate on all of the things that Paul has taught him. Amen. Just keep your mind stayed on what I teach you, Timothy, so that you can get mastery. You will have mastery over everything that God puts in your life to do. Just keep your mind filled with the things of God and the thoughts of God. So there's richness in meditation, folks. Keep your It's just keeping your mind stayed on your goal. And your goal is to get yourself converted so that you think exactly like God does in every situation. The answers will come to you. You'll have a mind that's ready to grab onto God and obey him. Amen? That's what you want. You want it to pay rich dividends in your life, and I think it's worth it if you meditate on the word. Amen? All right, why don't we stop? Father in heaven, we thank you. Thank you, Lord, for the ability and the desire to meditate on your word thank you lord that your word is full of power it's full of excitement it's full of promise it's full of everything that we need so that we can can do the things that you want us to do so here we have some some more cards here miss nola take these this one says meditation